I hope you guys are having an amazing day. I hope you guys are smiling, not giving a crap about those haters, and not letting anybody bring you down. They are not worth it. <laughs> to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Back from two weeks in South America, it's the international man of mystery, Lee Ellis. Hola, amigos. Hola. Hola. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are, all five of us back in the Atlanta studio. How was the holidays down in Peru there, Lily? Nice and uh, warm. Not sunny though, cloudy. Very cloudy in Lima. Always. Yeah, dude, you got a you got a quite the tan going mm. on right now. Yeah. Nothing healthy about a tan, mate. No, that's right. You should have seen me a few days ago. I was red as a beetroot. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, because the sun's not out, so you think I'll be okay. But mm. the sun, the, those UV rays, they get you. They get you, and I got gut. <laughs> we had people tweeting at us saying, "I wonder if Lee found any." Beautiful bread down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the bread's good there. It's not as good as in Chile, but uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Soft, mm. fresh. I, d- fun I do like my chili bread bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun times. Yeah, it's always great to see family, a few friends, yeah. a few beers. And the weather was gorgeous. The we- well, the weather's, uh, I'm not sure I'd say gorgeous. It's uh, its warm and consistent. Every day's okay. about the same. Um, well, I saw you running on a beach at one point. We went beach stepping on the, <laughs> yeah, po- uh, on yeah. the podcast with yeah. you, but you were running on the beach. Yeah, I was, I was chasing the boys around. Yeah. That was fun. I had a great time with that. But uh, yeah, it's its just weird because, you know, its it's hot, but you just don't see a lot of sun. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm glad to have you back. Thanks. Great to be back. Guys, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. As I said, we stepped on the beach yesterday. That's Wednesday, January 1st. So go check out that podcast. Go download and listen to that one. Our first topic in 2020 ended up being about NBA players' asses. We discussed our all-boost team, um, the dummy thick guys in the league, as the uh, emailer wrote in. We talked about Lowry and Harden and Barkley, but at TS Cannon says we forgot someone. I wanted to bring this up here right away. The second international man of mystery, Boris Dia. Mm. Oh, of course. Yeah, Tyler tweeted, yeah. you gotta have at the Boris Dia on the all-time boost team. I'll say it here. The Spurs don't win the title in 2014 <laughs> if Boris Dia had a smaller butt. <laughs> Those extra few inches of space it creates are crucial. He's like a bumper car in the post. And he also pointed out... His middle name is Babacar. <laughs> he also pointed out that Diaz Boos was such a rock star, Tyler did. It even got a write-up from Rolling Stone. What? Quote, this is from a Rolling Stone article. There is a certain ampleness to his backside, they once wrote. His is a junky trunk that is hard to miss. So, yeah, maybe we should have had Boris Dia there on the on he the all boost. Taken Wade down in the post in those finals. Yeah, yeah, he that made some things happen. It's a, it's a great addition. Again, highly recommend you go download and check out uh, our Beach Step In podcast called Happy New Year from January first on twenty twenty. All right, on today's show, guys, we're gonna break out the crystal ball and make some bold NBA predictions for the next decade. Uh, we've got uh, December's pick'em officially in the books so we'll let you know who will be paying it off and how that one ended we'll get into the games from wednesday night as well but first sad news yesterday former nba commissioner david stern died on wednesday in manhattan he was only 77 his death was announced in a statement from the nba 
as most of you guys know listening, he suffered a brain hemorrhage about three weeks ago and underwent emergency surgery. But about three weeks later, he passes. Um, You know, I'm sure you guys, like me, have been reading all of the fantastic, you know, basically obituaries or columns and articles about Stern, people's personal interactions with him. The Athletic alone has, what, a good three or four up on the site right now. A lot of those, by the way, um, for people that are not subscribed to The Athletic, a lot of those are free and unlocked. So go check those those out. I highly recommend it. David Aldridge, Sam Amick, Ethan Sherwood-Strauss, there's others. Um, Aldridge was on the lead this morning. It was very good. Yeah. There with uh, Kavitha Davidson. Worth a listen for sure because David Aldridge has been around forever, w- was there for the entire tenure of uh, David Stern. Fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, none of us here had any personal interactions uh, with former Commissioner David Stern. I, I – I took a piss beside him once in a urinal at All-Star Weekend. <laughs> so jealous, man. Yeah. <laughs> pretty that, personal. That, that, I guess that is pretty personal, but that's about it. Um, but, you know, what, what were your – obviously your thoughts or, like, his impact on the game. I'm sure you're echoing a lot of what we're reading here today. Yeah, I just think he was as influential and as impactful as any game – as any player has been throughout the league yeah. because when he took over in 1984, the league was a disaster, really. Players were – you know, in trouble with drugs and the league just wasn't really popular. Games, finals were on tape delay. Like, can you imagine if, you know, when the when the Cavs and the Warriors were at their height, those finals games were on tape delay and we had to wait to watch them. Well, I every mean, game was on tape delay for you <laughs> in Australia, but Not, you're right. Well, for us, yes. Yeah. But uh, I just think what the, what David Stern understood and, and, and really did well was that he figured out what was so important about every aspect of the business, the PR the marketing, the players, the game itself, uh, how to sell that around, well, firstly within America and then around the world. Mm-hmm. And he, he sort of acknowledged that he didn't know at all at the start, but he would find the right people who did and employ them and help them uh, really sell the game. And I just think that he had a reputation for being heavy-handed and mm-hmm. no doubt at the start he had to be. And he probably didn't really ease up towards the end of his tenure there when, when he could have, but it's hard to sort of change tack, I guess, when you're been doing that for 25 to you know 27 years or whatever but really i mean he turned the league from uh you know a, a disaster into the you know probably the biggest sport in the world outside of soccer yeah. i think um and 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 when you look at the nba today who some of the most uh, valuable players we've seen over the years i mean they're non-americans and i think that's that's probably uh, a lot to do with how david stern was able to sell the game around the world Stern was ruthless, that's for sure. And I think in a weird way, uh, if you want to be all karmic, uh, I think, you know, the last 24 hours, people have stepped their game up in terms of their coverage. Uh, And I think David Stern's legacy to make people perform at their best, it permeates through this coverage. It's happening right now. Uh, David Stern got the most out of everybody around him. And that's how he got the league in a different direction from a second tier league that it was when not only when he took over, uh, but I think people don't realize how long he was with the league before he was commissioner um, and and even as outside counsel before he joined the league. So he saw it from the outside, and, and then he came in and demanded everybody get to it and start not only yes, selling it uh, within the U.S., but just getting corporate dollars and eyeballs onto teams. And uh, there was a great story by uh, the great Jack McCallum, 
he told about uh, Rick Welts, who's now COO of the Warriors, but a long time ago was one of Stern's NBA salesmen when no one was buying anything. Stern went at his troops relentlessly, and sometimes they felt like killing him. But Rick Welts said this years ago, I'd come home beaten and battered after 12 hours of rejection, and the phone would ring in my room at the Summit Hotel on Lexington Avenue at 10 o'clock. It would be David. And after 15 minutes, I'd be charged up and ready to go again. <laughs> and that's how they got into the living rooms in prime time of uh, of everyday Americans. There were race problems. Uh, David Aldridge, on the lead, as Trey noted, went into that. It was really, really interesting in, in the early 80s. There was you know race issues with black players uh, being prominent around the league and also drug issues. And uh, David Stern mainstreamed this league and it wasn't it, it was literally a game uh, finals games yeah would be played at you know 7 eastern and then they would be played well after prime time that same night and so it was a second tier league and you know then it then it obviously how about the you know the WNBA the creation of that yeah. uh, a very very prominent women's league i don't know of another prominent women's league in north america that could even be compared uh, to the nba so he was on the forefront of a lot of things and um well, he created yeah, the he whole created league. WNBA uh, the development league, obviously now the G League, the Dream Team. You talked about mm-hmm. you know, going international. He was instrumental in that. The inception of the draft lottery, All Star Weekend. You know, he had incredible vision. Yeah, um, because you know Magic Johnson, Larry Bird were in the league already before Stern became the commissioner. He became the commissioner in '84, the year that Jordan was drafted. And to have those three guys who are all going to be super marketable. Uh, for different reasons, and you have the increase in technology at the time that you can send video across the world so that somebody else uh, in India could be watching uh, the NBA to to figure out that these three guys are going to be massive stars, despite the fact that the NBA hadn't had any massive worldwide stars at that time. It's just the right guy at the right time, and uh, Aldridge mentioned on the lead that he ruled basically with an iron fist, that he ran it as if it were his league, because it really was, but everybody was okay with it because the decisions he was making were pretty smart, all things considered. Yeah, Yeah, I think I saw Ziller write today in his article, you know, Stern was beloved despite decades of controversy controversy and some unpopular decisions. And that's pretty tough to do, um, you know, because there are a lot of, like for all the great things we're pointing out, there were a lot of hits and miss, like mm-hmm. misses, excuse me, um, be it obviously Seattle uh, losing their team with the Sonics. That's a huge one. That's a, and, he, and he has talked about that before. He's talked about uh, regretfully Vancouver Grizzlies even leaving and going to Memphis and uh, how he wished that they could have done that, a better job with that. You know, the, the synthetic ball and the dress coat, there are – there are many, many sort of uh, the work stoppages for yeah, crying out loud. Lockouts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but still, because at the core it was, you know, he was a smart guy, and you really, truly felt that he was trying to do what was best for the league. I think you keep seeing that in all of these articles and all these podcasts, people talking about their time with him. At his core, that is what he really, really, truly believed. Sometimes he was wrong. Maybe he went around about the wrong way sometimes, but that's what he was really trying to get at. I saw Tim Frank who is the senior vice president of league operations and communications for the NBA right now. I thought his tweet summed it up really well about Stern. For those of us who had have made a life from this league, working for this league, words don't do justice to what David Stern meant. He was unique, brilliant, tough, but maybe most importantly, he stood by what he believed every time, no matter the personal cost. Sums it up pretty well there, right mm. there. Um, also going to never forget David Stern's um, lockout beard 
from the 98 <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Lockout Beard, yeah. and you're seeing a lot of the pictures of him uh, shaking Hakeem Olajuwon's hand from that first draft in 84 when he's got the mustache. Very good look as well. And, and just uh, as he got older, I think it was in his last year or two, at the draft, how he would always play up to the fans. Oh, yeah. yeah that, he, that's, he, like, turned into, like, a real-life yeah. Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, he, like, loved the idea of being the villain. I think or playing uh, it up. When, when after the Heat won their first championship and he would get up there and say, congratulations to the Miami Heat to really just uh, right. show everyone, uh, you know, how, how he, he loved to play the game. And that was the thing. He was always able to get his message across really well, deliver it very well, very well spoken. You never saw him sort of flustered. Uh, even when he was under pressure a lot of times, yeah. he was always able to keep himself composed. And I think if you look at a lot of other leagues, you know, the NHL, hockey, uh, baseball and football, they all try to model how David Stern operated to, got, to, get, those, to get their league as successful worldwide as, as he's made the NBA. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, that's a pretty big challenge. Rest in peace to David Stern. All right, last night's games. Let's get into it, guys. Um, not a lot on Wednesday night. Lakers, though, took care of the Suns, 117-107. It wasn't really that close. The Suns went on a late, late run. The Lakers were up huge at half, 74-41. to They shot 61% in the first half, um, 70% in the first quarter. LeBron, his eighth triple-double. Anthony Davis, 26-11. and So, Lakers, uh, their third straight win. But really, I just want to get your thoughts on Kyle Kuzma's new look. On the, on the blonde hairdo Love it. that he was sporting. Told you guys in the preseason, that's going to be the thing. Wild hair colors. I said it'd be Kelly Oubre and Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma, you know, a blonde isn't necessarily the craziest look, but that's just dipping your toes into it. He started with a little bit of blonde, the sort of like chevron look on the back of his neck. Yep. Has upgraded to the full blonde head. What's next? Pink? Probably. <laughs> purple? Eh, maybe purple. Why not? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people tweeted this. Tanya Ganguly was one of them and said, as the newly blonde Kyle Kuzma went to the free throw line, a guy in the crowd shouted, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? <laughs> Lakers bench started cracking up Kuzma. But it did. It was incredible how much he looked like a young Eminem. Was, I mean, amazing. Lakers go to 18-0 and against teams under 500 this season. I know we've talked a lot about the Bucks taking care of uh, business against the uh, subpar teams in the league. Well, Lakers doing the same thing here. Um, racking up the W's against teams that are maybe uh, not the best. Again, Suns put up a fight in the second half, came back. Um, Made it so the Lakers had to put their starters that's back right. in at least. That's Kept it competitive. That's exactly right. Uh, Suns also saw Rubio go down. I was sorry, sorry if you guys saw that. Hurt his hip. He slipped on a wet spot on the court, and he left in the closing minutes. He is um, undecided. He said, quote, I don't know if yet if I'll be able to play the next game. What about the dunks in this game? Oh, there's tons. There was a that lot was... of good dunks in the NBA last night. Like, yeah. Four games. Yeah, it was Awesome. Uh, Anthony Davis on Baines, and then Oubre's like, sort of quick dunk on JaVale McGee in that game. Oh, yeah, it was huge. It was fun. Those highlights were really fun. And seeing that blonde guy was really fun. Even uh, LeBron's dunk on like the fast break there, he didn't do his classic like LeBron sort of mm-hmm. one, you know, one-armed hammer or whatever you want to call him the break. He did like sort of a, a little clutch, a little double clutch yeah, a little there. Flavor. Yeah, a little flair. Yeah. I'm telling you, everybody was performing for David Stern last night. Writers. <laughs> People on television had a little pep to their stuff. Everybody was performing for Stern, including LeBron. Well, there's news uh, surrounding these Lakers. Uh, According to Woj, veteran guard Darren Carlson is considering a February return to the NBA with the Lakers and Clippers emerging as his preferred destinations. Um, Some of you might recall that Carlson retired before the start of free agency, despite an expectation that he would get 
pretty good offers in the neighborhood of about $10 million. The problem is that he was linked season. primarily to the Chicago Bulls. And he's like, Ugh. <laughs> I guess I would rather not play for six months than, uh, than suit up for the Bulls. But now he's going to come back for a team that's going to challenge for the championship. Smart move. What do you think about either of those teams uh, acquiring the services of a Collison? Who could use him more? What makes more sense? Where do you think he'll land? It really is sort of an Andre Iguodala-ish move without having to just sit at home. I mean, Iguodala is getting paid, but he's associated with a bad team in the Memphis Grizzlies. Wants to get to a good team. That's what Collison will likely do. I think with yep. the, the Lakers makes the most sense. They need a ball handler. Yeah. And they need a guy who can create a little bit. The Clippers, they got everything. Uh, but the, the even at the beginning of the season, it was clear that the Lakers needed more than Rajon Rondo at the point guard. Mm-hmm. And, and Crusoe's helped out. Um, but they need a guy who can dribble and create they need one they need a mario chalmers like like lebron had they need somebody to take the pressure off i think that's a perfect comparison he's 39 percent from three for his career so you know collison's not going to be the main guy breaking down the defense but he'll definitely take a little bit of the playmaking load if he were to join the lakers dish it off wait to maybe get it back five seconds left jack up a three from the corner count it uh so yeah uh definitely seems like the kind of player that a a title wanting team is going to be interested in good, good time to just sort of decide to come back yeah you know, a not of, bad a couple of teams uh likely ch- challenging for the championship say hey yeah we can we could use you come out and play he's only 31 i think 32 so you know no reason why he couldn't if he's kept himself in shape get out there and uh, contribute you know almost immediately if you're trying to figure out you know connections he's had with either of these teams or players or coaches on them and maybe that will steer him in one direction more than the other with the clippers or the lakers he played one season for doc in 2013-14 with the Clips, but he's played for Frank Vogel before with the Lakers, and if you remember in his retirement letter, he specifically thanked LeBron and DeMarcus Cousins um, for like their friendship and guidance and leadership and stuff like that, so you know, obviously has some sort of relationship with those guys. I do think he ultimately is going to pick the Lakers, because I think you're right, with Rondo as the answer there, as that sort of uh, backup guard or the guard once LeBron is sitting to run everything... You know, he's, he obviously is not the greatest shot in the world, though he had a streak there where he was knocking him down, but he turns the ball over, too. That's one thing Collison does. Is he didn't turn the ball over that much, and he can hit the three, like you said. I think uh, Kevin O'Connor is pointing out he shot 46% on catch-and-shoot threes Collison has since 2015. So you pair that with um, with that Lakers squad, he could really, really help. He averaged 11-6 and six last year for the Pacers. Again, this was a shock. I mean, he mm. was he was... What he said at the time was he was Jehovah's Witness and he was going to spend time with the church and stuff like that and that he was stepping away from the game. But because coming back here, Cap Guru Bobby Marks also tweeted, both L.A. teams would need to clear a roster spot. Um, a lot of people think it would be Troy Daniels in, in the Lakers case if he goes there. Both teams have the minimum is what he'll likely be getting. But the Lakers also have a $1.75 million disabled player exception that expires in March. So the Lakers could have a little bit more money for Collison if that is uh, the driving factor. We're going to see uh, Darren Collison back mm. in the league very, very quickly, though. In other action last night, the Knicks spoiled Mello's return to MSG. Oh, Lee, you're already giving me the ooh <laughs> face. You want to talk about those Blazers, do you? Yeah, Knicks won their third straight game. They're undefeated in 2020, undefeated this decade. 117-93, to 93, the Knicks beat the Blazers in New York. Mitchell Robinson made all 11 shots, 22 points. Julius Randle, 22 points and 13 boards. But the Blazers, this is a bad, bad 
bad loss. Awful loss because the Knicks looked like a competent, functioning team last night against Portland, and Lillard just looked exhausted, I thought. Uh, he shot badly, and uh, Melo actually was okay for the yeah. Blazers. Oh, yeah. Um, he was and, killing. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it didn't lead to anything. I mean, the, the Knicks handled them too easily. This well, was it was a, a close game, and then I think Melo and Lillard go to the bench sort of late in the third there, and then, uh, yeah, the but Knicks even, went on a Even then, it didn't run. feel like the, the, the Blazers no. were sort of getting in control of the game because, uh, you know, you mentioned Mitchell Robinson there. He was incredible, 11 for 11, just basically just ran to the rim, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and they threw him lobs or he just got some easy basket there. He had a huge dunk too. Yeah, he oh, did. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. awesome, that one-handed yeah. oop. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this, this was a, a, the Blazers are on a slide, and that was a game where they could have gotten out of trouble, and instead they get absolutely by the Knicks. They can't guard anybody, Portland, really. I mean, it feels like teams are able to get past their first line of defense into the lane, and that's how you're seeing all the lobs for Mitchell Robinson. We've seen this time and time again. It's a lot of pressure on Whiteside to be the only guy who's going to be a line of defense at all, and he's just not always up to it. And it's a, it's a huge load to ask uh, to be there at the rim every single time. So pretty dispiriting for Portland, no doubt. Yeah, the Knicks just got to play teams with their former players. They, you know, they bashed the Mavs and Porzingis <laughs> twice. They beat, beat Melo. Now their other seven wins are against bad teams. Uh, and uh, yeah, the only team that they won against that was a 500 team was the Nets, who are exactly 500. And they're sort of a rival too. They get up for these yeah, games. Good yeah. for them. Yep. Um, Blazers fifth straight loss, and they are that was their first game of a five game road trip here. So they lost to the Pelicans, the Jazz, Lakers, Suns, and Knicks. And now they have the Wizards, the Heat, the Raptors, and the Wolves uh, all on the road. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it could get worse mm. here uh, despite them being only, what, now 14 and 21. They're ninth in the West. They're right you know, right there behind the Spurs right now. But uh, ooh, any sort of three, four, five-plus game slide like they're already on, you're, you're falling out of the uh, playoff picture there. Though we flip it around, win three or four in a row, you're right back in it. So. Exactly. Nobody's running away with it. It's crazy to think how much we've talked about the Blazers being such a disappointment this season and how they haven't been able to get on track. And they're a game and a half out of the playoffs right now, waiting to get one of their better players back in use of Nurkic. Yeah. Um, finally from last night, Magic forward Jonathan Isaac, he suffered a hyperextended left knee during uh, the Magic's win over the Wizards. It looked bad. I mean, he was stretchered off the floor. He's going to undergo an MRI today, um, I believe in Orlando. He'll be reevaluated, of course. But after the game, he did say like he felt he avoided a serious knee injury. That's great news, obviously, for the Magic, because um, it looked brutal. Uh, and, and, and look, who knows? Maybe the MRI results come back, and, and it is brutal, and he's going to miss some time. But hopefully not, um, as the Magic got a, you know, a much-needed win themselves. we got some crazy playoff races at the mm. bottom of both conferences going <laughs> on. It's... It's not pretty in either conference. He's been a bright spot for the Magic. Yeah. Defensively, he's been fantastic uh, for them. So it's going to be a blow if he does miss any time for them. But, yeah, that play, I, I'm, I, it almost looked like Beal could have done some damage yeah. as well, too, yeah. the way their legs kind of got tangled. But when they drop you know, to the ground, they crumple to the ground like that, and it's always bad. So uh, fingers crossed that, that um, you know, it's nothing too severe. And if he misses a few games or weeks here, he, uh, he can get back on the court this season. All right, let's break out the crystal ball, boys. Make some bold predictions for the NBA in this coming decade, in the 2020s. I mean, you can make it about, you know, this actual NBA season or into the future, wherever you want to go. Who wants to get us started? Who see who can this see something perfectly. clearly? This yeah. fits in perfectly, and it's a very short-term prediction. 
the Orlando Magic are going to drop out of the playoffs, and they're going to have their spot taken by the Chicago Bulls. Oh, my goodness. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my goodness. I'm doubling down. 2020 double vision. Doubling down on the Bulls. Look, they're what? Two games out of the playoffs. Yep. Every yeah. single small forward and forward is hurt for the Orlando Magic. Yep. They're not going to be able to hold it together. But the Bulls are thriving right now. They're one of the best defenses in the league during December. Lowry Markkinen doesn't have a nickname, but he was on fire during December. And I think it's going to stick around for the entirety oh of the 2020 season. He's not the big Arnada. <laughs> Apparently, that's not even a finished yeah, word. Right. I can't trust Just Google go now. Uh, but yeah, the big Arnada, he's uh, leading the Armada of the Bulls into <laughs> nice. the playoffs where they're going to win game one against the Milwaukee uh, Bucks in the first round of this playoffs. And then Giannis will tackle somebody, and then they'll win the next four. Mm. Douchebag sweep. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. As yeah. long as there's not a play in, play in tournament to kick them out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a good one. That's that's a good one. Uh, this is wasn't my prediction, but you just made me think Detroit is going to make a, a big trade. Yes. One of their bigs got to be dealt very, very soon. It's an implosion waiting to happen. Uh, but another short-term one. Greg Popovich is going to take this team to the playoffs, the San Antonio Spurs to the playoffs. Not very bold. That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. But the day they lose in the postseason, he's going to step down, and Tim Duncan's going to take over wow. as head coach. Okay. Becky Hammond will have her opportunity somewhere else. She'll get another position as well. But Tim Duncan's going to take over and be the uh, the head coach so for the Spurs. Is Pop, Pop still going to coach the Olympic yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got to. Right. He's yeah. committed. Yeah, but, that's, that's but, his swan song. But I don't think uh, I don't think he wants to stick around. Like he knows at some point he's going to step down from the Spurs job, whether it's next year or the year after. But it's got to happen. But you still think the Spurs make the playoffs? You got to believe they're the Spurs. Yeah. Okay. Always got to put them in. Uh, going back to one of my preseason predictions, I thought the Oklahoma City Thunder might have been an okay team. Yep. Things started off badly though. Badly. But lately, seven of eight, <clears throat> excuse me, they've won. And they're looking pretty good. And it's like Chris Paul almost on those old New Orleans Hornets teams back in the day where he had some good players. But Paul is almost better when he doesn't have a superstar around him. And he's getting a lot out of some of these other guys. I mean, Dennis Schroeder's coming, playing well from the bench. Gilgis Alexander's been fantastic. Amazing. Gallinari, Adams, all these guys are contributing. And the Thunder are closing out games. Every game seems to be close, and they seem to be able to finish it off. So yeah, Chris Paul and SGA, big reason why. <laughs> and Chris Paul, you know, we know about his playoff failures in the past about not being able to sort of close out games. Maybe he's starting to just, <laughs> it's, it's late in his career, but he's going to get there. So I'm going to sort of double down on that prediction and say the Thunder do make the playoffs and cause a first-round upset. Oh, my God. Wow. And... They're gonna and face, they're gonna face the Rockets in the first round. Wouldn't that be a juice? <laughs> oh, first wow, that round. a juice. That would be juice. Harden and Westbrook going up against OKC and Chris Paul, and uh, that would be so. What uh, we're getting like a three, six, four, five matchup, something, something like that. Like yeah, that, maybe yeah, two, seven, yeah. Maybe. I mean, two sevens probably. It's more likely a three, six. Yeah, um, but just the way they've been playing it, and Chris Paul, uh, he's so much fun to watch right now. I, I, I just think. When he's in this role... If you've got your jersey tucked in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just seeing him still be able to uh, control games the way that he that he used to, again, in, in New Orleans, I think, is uh, is great. And you're just seeing the Thunder. They're, they're a good, cohesive unit. This is not something that we see with Chris Paul teams in the past. In, in Los Angeles and Houston, there's a lot of infighting. There doesn't seem to be any of that right now. No, no. So, um, 
I'm I'm enjoying watching the Thunder. I'm enjoying watching Chris Paul, and I think they're gonna. I think this is more likely what we're gonna see from. So them. you don't think OKC is gonna be making moves here in the next they, month they, after we lead up to the deadline? Because even Adams' name has been thrown out. Yeah. Obviously, Chris Paul. If anybody would want on that contract, uh, Gallinari. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I certainly don't think it'll be Chris Paul at this point. I don't think it'll be Adams. Maybe Gallinari. Uh, but they've also got so many assets that uh, Sam Presti could throw yeah. out there if they feel that there is that uh, piece that they're missing. But um, yeah, right now I think uh, things are pretty good for them. All right. Wow. OKC winning. Winning a first round You want it bold. That's bold. That's very <laughs> bold. Uh, I'm going to get very specific with my prediction. Uh, I tweeted this a while back, but Kobe scored 62 points in just three quarters on December 20th, 2005. Okay? 16 Laker games later, he scored 81 points versus the Raptors. Harden, he scored 60 points in three quarters on November 30th, 2019. 16 Rockets games later is tomorrow, January 3rd. Now, it's versus the 76ers, obviously a great defensive team. So I'm remixing it up. The Rockets' next game, I believe, is January 8th against the Hawks. Kaka, Put me down for a Harden plus 70-point game. All right. Early in January here against the Atlanta Hawks. That's exactly what's going to happen. Get bolder. Get bolder. Go 80 plus. No, nah, I'm going to go 70 plus. 80 plus. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. You'll be there in person. You, you can watch it actually unfold. Live tweet it. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> I also like this one. I, I, this is this is looking forward in the decade. Um, Mark Stein of the New York Times, he, he was doing some predictions as well. He thinks that the NBA is going to pass measures in April that will green light the in-season tournament and the play-in tournament for those final two playoff spots in each conference for the 2021-22 season. I'm, I'm, I think that's going to happen as well. I think both those things will go through. And I will double down saying that the in-season tournament is going to be a huge success. People are going to quickly change, I think, their opinions about it. Once we get those, you know, we're going to have those eight regular season divisional games per team feeding into the this little eight-team knockout field. And those games, I think... You know, you're going to pray that some of those games are very enjoyable and close and overtime, whatever happens, and that there will be, it will create a buzz. And will people be going, oh, my God, we got to win the Silver Cup or the Stern Cup or whatever it's called? Mm. Okay, that will take some time. But I think people are going to be like, hey, what's wrong with this? This is fine. These are more enjoyable games here early in the season because there is a little bit to them, be it money for the players and coaches, whatever. I think it's going to work. I'm a little concerned with one, with the fact now that it is all these division games are going to take place before the holidays, before Christmas even. So you wouldn't see Lakers Clippers on Christmas. That game would be gone because they would have to play all of their division games for the play-in tournament before Christmas. So you're going to miss out on those like local rivalries on, on a Christmas Day game. I think that's a, a concern that hasn't really been brought up. But I'm not Will they sure. play all of them? No, see, I don't think like um, the Raptors are not going to play all of their games against the Celtics. They'll probably wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a home and away? So just the two of maybe. the four. Yeah, I'm, maybe. I so. think that's what it will be. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's that. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I don't know. I think it's gonna work. I'm I'm trying to stay positive about this, and I like the play in tournament as well. I mean, any any of these sort of things where it's one game and it matters. Again, you can argue whether it truly matters and how much it will matter to these yeah. players. We're yeah. talking about the Magic at 15 and 19 playing the Bulls at 13 and 21 and the Hornets at 13 and 23. Yeah, it matters, but the general consensus right now is the first round, like like continent-wide, I know we love the first round of the playoffs, but continent-wide, people don't care about the first round at the from yeah. one, in the 1-8 mm-hmm. perspective because mm-hmm. they know that 
the eight generally doesn't win and generally isn't going anywhere near the finals. Now you're bringing a nine, 10, 11 teams that are way below five. Yeah, but you know who you're, does well, care? Like way more than half the teams are making the playoffs now. It's a little bonkers to think of it that way. Well, okay, fair. We're going to be adding more teams. I think that's going to be happening. Seattle's getting a team eventually, and uh, they'll add another one because they're not going to want to have 31. So they'll, they'll be 32. I don't know where that second one's going to be, Louisville or Mexico City or wherever. Mm. But we're going to have 32. I think, though, who cares? Well, those team, like the fans of those teams would care. I know, I know as a Raptors fan, if they were, you know, the, oh, yeah, they have a chance as the 10th seed to still get into the playoffs, even if it means that they're going to get waxed um, by a Bucks team or something like that. You know, I don't care. It's still fun as hell, and you never know. You never know an injury to somebody and, like, oh, my God, suddenly they're moving on. I think those teams care, and that's the whole point, I think. You're right. Generally, probably yeah, not. Just worry. Just worry. Uh, you know, I think the the head of the league worries that is it going to dilute the product a little bit league wide. That's 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 the worry. I do. I do like though with this, especially the in season tournament. Uh, you know, the proposal says they're going to be dropping games. Like the the season gets a little shorter. Okay, that's good. That's a the, less the, is the, more. That's the step in the right direction. That's right. We're never. We were never going to go from eighty two games to fifty five, fifty six, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But maybe we can creep our way, way there um, over time. And maybe going from 82 to 78, that's a start in the right direction. Let's hear from you guys, though. Any other, any other bold predictions, predictions nonetheless? The year is 2023, and LeBron and LeBron Jr. become the first oh. father and son to play in the very same NBA game. It'll be for the Cavs, where LeBron is the owner, and then he will retire after that season. That's bold. 21 seasons, one with his son, hands it off. Take the reins, boy. <laughs> <laughs> will he give him his number? Interesting. Maybe LeBron, current LeBron, will wear 23 and his son will wear, wear 24 during the 23-24 season. I don't know. LeBron Jr. is wearing zero right now. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh, Maybe he's a big uh, Westbrook fan. Big Kevin Love fan. It's a little like uh, the Shabazz Napier situation in Miami. He's going to force the franchise to draft somebody <laughs> and, then, and then leave. Yeah, he won't be able to wear 24 in L.A., though, of course. Mm. Yeah, I'll, you never know. Maybe they'll unretire it. They'll just keep eight up there for Kobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just keep oh, 23. Awesome. Then they don't have – Nike's got all that stock. They don't have to change the name <laughs> on the back. So, Stenciling yeah. a little junior on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's hear from you guys out there. Tweet at us, hashtag no dunks, at no dunks Inc. Your NBA bold predictions for uh, – for this this league in the 2020s or if you want to just keep it to this year whatever you want you can go the whole decade look into the future man get that crystal ball going mm. lee where is that crystal ball i don't know if that made it if it survived the, uh, oh, the really? starters i'm not sure oh. i'm not sure yeah jd yeah. might know he Wait, was man, i haven't seen it no? mm. it was a custom made by really? rick the cameraman oh, oh. he's probably sitting in his tiki bar but <laughs> 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 well, let's go over and get it then. yeah let's get yeah. it let's get a have a drink Jump in the pool. Get Rick in for it. another pod. Yeah. Heck, why not? Yeah. He's got more stories, doesn't he? I like that idea. All right, we'll try and, try and get that crystal ball back. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. I'm actually going back a day for Tweet of the Night. I'm going late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. I'm going New Year's Eve. It's a year ago, man. Wow, this, yeah. is, this is an old tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's from retired... Clippers play-by-play broadcaster Ralph Lawler <laughs> at Omiomai, oh okay, on Twitter. He tweeted, Happy New Year! All right, caps locks on three exclamation marks. All right, sure, New Year's Eve. 
Makes sense, that tweet. But he attached a photo which simply read, Remember, having sex on a regular basis helps keep your memory alive. I wish you all a great 2016. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great tweet. That's a great, great Twitter joke, uh, which I think went over a lot of people's heads. Mm. But anyway, I love some of the responses to uh, Ralph's tweet. Worldwide Wob tweeting, Lawler's Law, the remix. <laughs> Giovanni jumped in, first to 100 orgasms wins. <laughs> Jack tweeted, just simply wishing you a horny 2016 as well, King. And then there were, it felt like millions, there were hundreds of people just tweeting, bingo! A lot of bingos out there. But a, well, gr- a great news He's uh, got a lot more time on his hands these days, Ralphie, so... Uh... You know, good to see there's still the spark is alive between he and his wife. Absolutely. I, yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like not. You say in 2016, yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> I hope I'm still that active at his age. You guys want to keep score uh, so we can count up to 100? Mark it down on the whiteboard here every day oh, yeah. when we get in? When Ralph Lawler is having sex, do you think he's holding the microphone in his hand? <laughs> <laughs> All right, great tweet there from Ralph. Uh, pick and results. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends. I should know. I am owe my homie Trey Kirby some gas money. Dude's been a carpool rock for me back in 2019. <laughs> that's like, all right, bro. You carried me in 2018. That's true. That's true. But Cash App does way more than that. Cash App is also the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way, you can still own a piece of any stock with just $1. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square, and member SIPC. You down with SIPC? Yeah, you know me. Big Sip C fan over here. <laughs> sip and C until I pass out. Also, check it. We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU. Don't forget the promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store slash Google Play Store today. Tuesday night was the final night of December. It was our final game, of course, for this month of the Pick'em. Mavs in OKC versus the Thunder. Dallas was favored by one and a half. It was down to really Trey and me to see who was going to finish in last place. I took OKC. You took Dallas. OKC with Chris Paul, baby. Got it done. Clutch play there from the Thunder late. So here's how... The final results of December look. Tass, who also took an L with the Mavericks in that one. 10 and 7. Tied with Lee, who took OKC at 10 and 7. Congrats, guys, on co-sharing the win there for the month of December. I was 9 and 8 with my final win there on the final game of December. Trey, 7 and 10. You started hot too, didn't you? Uh, maybe 4 and 2. 4 wow. and 1 or 4 and 2, something like that. So it goes. So. Trey will have to pay it off. We were already talking about some ideas. Nearly had a slappy New Year's. We were gonna, yeah. I was hanging Very out with Trey, close. and we were gonna do slappy New Year's. And yeah. Laura's like, "You need me to slap you in the face?" Yeah, your wife. Really <laughs> I was like, "Hey, hey, hey, easy, yeah, easy here." Your wife really wanted to. You're right, right. 
Uh, but then the kids woke up, and then there was like a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't do this Slappy New Year. I mean, we still could, I guess. But uh, there was the same. talk about ice chest. Um, Bringing it back. Yeah. How's you guys' arms feeling? Loose? This is a goose? Um, but With maybe anybody else have any other suggestions? Off the top of their dome? JD, got anything cooking on the brain there? No, nothing. I like Slappy New Year. I just like the way it sounds. Yeah. But, uh, but it should have been like done. It yeah, it should have mm-hmm. been done. Yeah. We should have really done it. You know? <laughs> Sometimes you just want to yeah. sit on the couch, though, and yeah, watch not that slap ball drop. Friend. Yeah, not slap your friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, well, if you have suggestions, get them in. Uh, we'll try and get this done as soon as possible, but you got a day or two to let us know what you think we should do for the pick and payoff for Trey Kirby. Hashtag no dunks at no dunks inc. Or email us no dunks at theathletic.com. But. In the meantime, let's start it all back over again. January, what's our first game? Raptors visiting the Heat tonight. The number three and four seeds in the East going to battle it out. It's a nice one. Yeah, it is a nice one. It's on NBA TV. Okay. Should be a good one. They've played uh, once earlier this year as an overtime game, so hopefully this one will be a close one too. The Heat are favored, though, by a decent amount at five and a half. Mm. And we in, and in Miami, where they've lost only one basket game this season. And for the Raps, I mean, no Siakam still, no Marcus All, no Powell. Powell. Yeah. Not that it's mattered in a lot of these no, games. They're uh, Kyle's, still good. Kyle's taken that uh, challenge pretty well. Man, five and a half is a little large, isn't it? It's a big chunk of cheese. I'll take, I'll take uh, Heat, uh, Jimmy Butler, Raptors. He does well against yeah. the Raps. You're not wrong about that. Points is. They are winning a lot of close games yeah, recently. They beat the Sixers true. by four. They beat the Jazz by three. They beat the Pacers by one. They beat the Sixers again by one. Mm, okay. And they just lost to the Wizards, so maybe they'll be ready to go. I'm taking the Raptors just because logic says heat. Going Raps. Trey? Give me the heat. I think I will choose the heat in this matchup. <laughs> wow. I'm going heat. Ah, hate picking against my team. But I do think the Heat win this one. Uh, I guess handedly enough. Got to win by six or more. All right. Tass the only one taking the wraps to cover. Everybody else got the Miami Heat. Woo. Hopefully that is a good game. There's a lot of games on tonight, is there not? Something like eight, nine games yeah, on, the, on, on the docket. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of No Dunks to discuss all the big games and storylines. Got to get a trade coming here soon, like a big trade. I like what you're thinking there, Tass, with the piston. Maybe Kevin the, Love. Uh, we missed the Dante trade. We did miss the Dante <laughs> XM Jordan Clarkson trade. Yeah, there was talk about us, you flying back from yeah. Lima to do an emergency <laughs> podcast about that one, but we didn't get to it. Uh, yeah, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five Star Friday is right around the corner. Wait, that's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I know. Get I, your reviews in, dog. Today is Thursday, right? Yeah. Today is Thursday. I said it off the top of the show, but it doesn't feel like Thursday. It feels like three other days to me than Thursday. feels like Sunday. Because we were no working yesterday. That's right. That's right. feels like <laughs> no Friday. You know, if I'm going, <laughs> here are my top five days <laughs> All right. that it actually feels like. feels like Sunday. That's that. Well, that's a number one. I'm going Lee Ellis yeah. <laughs> Number two feels like Friday. Yeah. Well, that's because it feels what? like the end of the week. I just feel like, I don't know, this feels like our last day, but we're coming in tomorrow to do another show. Feels like Monday after that. And then maybe two. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Guys, we will be back tomorrow, which is Friday, January 3rd, 2020, 
for the drop edition of No Ducks. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, guard Dante Exum was traded recently. Embrace the day, people. Embrace the day, people.